Well, good morning. I always get nervous when I ever have a talk. I was up at 5 o'clock, started drinking coffee at 5.30, I'm on my third cup, so this lesson may be about 10 minutes. If it goes over 20, I know I have Jerry Jones who will help me understand I went over. Because that's Jerry, and we love him. Which will segue right into my topic, which is social distancing. I'm kidding, I love Jerry. I believe that man makes everybody, he pushes everybody to be a better person in Christian, whether they want to or not. He does me. Especially with that shirt. Have you seen it? <laughs> love that guy. Before 2020, you were to use the phrase social distancing it would have been probably something connected to an introvert who didn't want to be around people. But it became common verbiage that we would use all the time. Social distancing, we're not going to... It's a phrase that we... It's, it's written in, on doors, and now they have commercials about it. Everything under the sun is out there. We know that we are supposed to, in social distancing, how far are we supposed to be apart from each other? Six feet. We know that. Why should we know that? So the question I have today, though, has nothing to do with the pandemic, okay? We're not talking COVID. We're talking about the term social distancing. And the question I have is, what if Jesus social distanced? So there was, in, the, in, in biblical days, the Israelites were... Uh, were, were, were given the understanding of cleanliness. Animals that were clean and unclean. And also, you as, a, as the Israelite were made unclean with certain aspects that happen in life. Uh, in Leviticus 11.24, it references being unclean if you were to touch the carcass of a dead animal. There are reasons for this, but it specifies that. In Deut- Deuteronomy 5.1-4, through 4, It says specifically, the Lord said to Moses, command the Israelites to send away from the camp anyone who has a defiling skin disease or a discharge of any kind or or who is ceremonially, ceremonially unclean because of a dead body. Send away male and female alike. Send them outside the camp so they will not defile their camp where I dwell among them. The Israelites did so. They sent them outside the camp. They did just as the Lord had instructed Moses. So if you had a death in the family, helped bury a body, as an Israelite back then, you would have been considered unclean. There are certain procedures that you would have to take, and a time would occur where you were physically cleansed, your clothes would have to be uh, washed, and then some time would pass, and you would be deemed clean and able to rejoin the camp the society however just because you were clean would you ever want to have to have been labeled or seen as unclean you would be oh where's where's rust oh he touched a dead rat so he's he's unclean we had to send him out for a, a time it wouldn't be something you'd be looking forward to. While there's a, a way to 
be cleansed, you wouldn't want to be unclean. With that in mind, Jesus healed many, many, many people with all sorts of afflictions, broken bones, headaches. Go to any ER, sit there for a while, and that's probably what was brought to Jesus aside from the people who had long-standing afflictions. We're going to look at Jesus not social distancing, but what if he had, in four different examples. Has anyone here, there's a few I know who will, but majority I'm asking, do you know of anyone who has, or heard of anyone who has, Hansen's disease? Anyone familiar with that term? That's leprosy. I didn't know it either. Leprosy still exists to this day, but it's quite uncommon. It's a thing that happens. However, it was more common in biblical days. And you all recall what happened to people who had leprosy. You were sent out. They were thinking it was extremely contagious. Six feet wasn't enough. Sixty feet wasn't enough. Get out. You're not in the building. You're out of the town. We don't want to catch that. And considering what leprosy is, you wouldn't want to catch that. It had, it had a potential of being mortal. But we know of different instances. Specifically, this is the, I'm referring to Matthew 8, 1 through 4, the man with leprosy. He came to Jesus. And he had said, it just says the, the, the statement, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I do not... I'm going to say that. That's going to be really wrong. The Bible glosses over things sometimes. Not because it's not right, but it's just one of those of... Uh, I was, was speaking to S Stephen Hevington this morning. 40 days and 40 nights it rained. Okay, well, that was pretty... For 40 days and for 40 nights it rained. It thundered down on the ark. They had to hear that. The roar of an engine equivalence. It was wet. It was dark. It was noisy. It was... 40 days. But in the Bible, it just has a quick... For 40 days and for 40 nights. The leper says to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. That sentence there, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. That's... I have to believe that's not how he said that. We don't know anything about this man. Was he married? Was he established? Was he in high society, low society? Does, where was he? But a man with leprosy who has no alternative for a cure, it didn't exist. I don't imagine came to the one person who could cure him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. With fear, hopelessness, tears, dirt, sadness. Can you imagine he came to Jesus and said, I'm married. I have twins that were born three months ago I've not seen but from 50 feet away. I've not held them, my wife. I can't provide for my family. 
Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I don't know that's how it was. But you can imagine. Can you see that? He is on his knees with nothing, nothing to offer Jesus in return for saving his life and asked to be saved from this horrific disease. We know Christ has the ability. He could just speak it and people were healed from miles away. And that's all he had to do. He reaches out and does the one thing no one else but another leper would be willing to do. He touched him. Ponder this for half a second. If you have kids or even heard about it in this instance, in school, and someone said, well, there's been an outbreak of lice. And so we want to make sure you check your kids appropriately and accurately and, you know, if there's any issue, whatever, like this. And so right here, right now, how many of you are avoiding the potential of sitting there going, you can't help it. I start yawning right now, and if you were going to join with me, because it's contagious. He reached out, and he touched him. Held the man and said, I'm willing. Be cleansed. Go home to your family. Provide for them. Hug them. Live again. What if Jesus social distanced? Oh, everybody, move over here, move to the side. Let him pass by. Get away from that guy. He's got leprosy. We don't want to catch that. Uh, Please, sir, out of the way. He went above and beyond 180 from that. I love you. I want to heal you. And he touched him when no one else would. Had he not, and he had said, avoid this man, what would that have done to that man's heart and soul? Another example in Mark 5, we all read about the woman who bled for 12 years, spending all she had to try and get healed with doctors and any, any cure she could find. So those who were around in that area, they had to have known her. For 12 years this going on, there was a pretty close-knit group, so everyone was aware of who she was and what was going on with her, I'm sure. With her being unclean, if you were to go near, if you touched her in any form or fashion, then thereby transference, you would be unclean. Nobody would want that. So she took a challenge, or she, she took a, a risk by going into the crowd anyway, because it, socially she would be blacklisted even worse for the sake of you brought this to us to make us unclean. How desperate was she? I don't care. I can't live this way. Bleeding for 12 years, what kind of her life would she feel? How, is, how would her physical health be? Rough. 
So she walks into this crowd, says to herself, we know, if I but touch his garment, I can be made whole and healed. It was a crowd. When she finally did so, what did Jesus say? Who touched me? And they're all like, this is a mosh pit. Are you kidding? Everybody's touching you. How, how, what, are you what are we talking about here? A woman who was unclean, that he knew exactly who it was, obviously, touched him. Power left him. The apostles are going, I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody's touching you. Who touched me? Considering the law, had she touched him and everybody else to bring attention to her doing so, would that not have made now publicly aware an unclean person has now touched all of us and now potentially all of us are unclean? But Jesus... While he could have just said, okay, let's just keep on walking. No, no, nothing to see here. Stopped. Who touched me? She comes forward, says it was me. And everyone's like, oh, it's her. Alice, we got to go clean. Right? Potentially that's what everyone's thinking. Jesus points to her. Calls her out. Your faith has healed you. Not only that, 12 years, she was ostracized. Had no hope. He doesn't just say, hey lady, you're healed. Go on with your life. He touches her soul and refers to her as what? Daughter. I have put you back whole and publicly stated who you are to me and I've restored you in mind, body, soul, and social status from this point forward. Wow. What if he had social distanced? What if she had no hope after that? He's like, ooh, nobody talk about this. Nothing to see here. What would that have done to her and everybody else who's watching? His non-social distance showed everybody there love, mercy, grace, hope. And she showed faith. Christ didn't social distance from people who were sick and ailing physically, alone. He also didn't social distance from people spiritually sick. We all recall the story in John 8 of the woman caught in adultery. Just so I can put a little asterisk next to that, there would also have been a man caught in adultery. Nowhere to be found. She was brought to Jesus to, and get basically a death sentence from him for what she had been caught doing. You know the story, Jesus said, for those without sin, let them cast the first stone. There was a bunch of people around. And if you recall, how did they leave? 
oldest to youngest. Jesus sitting there, and he asked her, you know, do you think she was just standing there looking around, whistling? Do you imagine she was probably on the ground, fetal position, expecting a, a rock to hit her at any time? The penalty for adultery was being stoned to death. And he says, Is no one left to condemn you? And she's looking around, probably fetal position, the one eye. No, there's no one left to condemn me. Then neither do I go and sin no more. What if Jesus had walked away and social distanced? I don't want anything to do with this woman. That was a death sentence for her, most likely. Last example was the woman at the well. She'd had five husbands, and the, woman, the man she was staying with now was not married to her. She was a sinner and a Samaritan. Double trouble. By a Jewish viewpoint, you would run from her. He did not. He did the exact opposite. Because she needed him to do so. Why are you talking to me? She said to him. What is this you're telling me? You're giving me hope of something that I've never heard of or know of. And you're telling me things that no one else knows or no one who doesn't know me or the town shouldn't know. But you do. And you reached out and offered me some love and consolation and equality. You spoke to me as a human, as a person, when nobody else would, who would be a Jew? What was the purpose of social distancing with the pandemic? We wanted to avoid getting the virus, potentially, if somebody had it, and also avoid giving it if we had it, to somebody else who didn't. Christ didn't social distance from these things because he wasn't worried about what we had because couldn't, he couldn't catch it from us. He was the cure of what it was that we ailed from. Sin is a virus. He is the antidote. It's not a vaccine. It's the antidote. It's all purity. Do we, as Christians, social distance now? I'm not referring to the pandemic and society. People will still do that. I still love seeing the things on the floor. Stand this far from the next person in front of you. Okay. We as Christians, we don't get a social distance. You don't get to do it because I'm a Christian, I'm safe, and I'm going to make it to heaven, so good luck you. Is that, what verse was that written in? What book? In Mark 16, if I recall, before he ascended, Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned, but make sure you stand six feet away from each other. No, that last part I might have added. We don't get to social distance. I don't care how old you are, how tired you are, 
you're here. God put breath in your lungs this morning. Hopefully you had it all night. But he put breath in your lungs to stand up, to get up, to be awake, to be able to speak, to do, to talk, to evangelize. It's difficult to talk to people. I learned the phrase at a young age, you're guaranteed the answer if you never ask the question. You and I will never know if someone is aware of Jesus and his love for them if we don't ask the question. If we had asked the question, their answer would have been no, they weren't aware. If you don't ask the question, they may never hear it from someone else. It's our job to seize every opportunity God allows you and I to have, but also for us to make opportunities. Someone's sitting there. My wife hates it when I do this. I'll talk to anybody, anywhere. I'm not always preaching, but I will talk to anybody, anywhere. If you're an introvert like some people, that's hard to do. If you're a sinner without hope, life's a lot harder. So the question I asked at the beginning was, what if Jesus social distanced? And the answer is, I have no idea. Because the same way I can ask the question, what if Jesus stepped off the cross? And I have no idea because he didn't do either one of them. We, mankind, needed him to not social distance and not get off the cross. And he talked to people. He gave us an example. He showed us what it meant to be a Christian for us to be looking for mankind and to spread the word of love, hope, and happiness. He knew we needed him to stay on that cross, and he did. He didn't have to save himself. He, had no, he could have left at any time. We needed him to stay there. So in closing, I'll just say, if you found yourself needing encouragement to spread the word, we'd love to help you. I don't have all the answers, but I can start making stuff up to help you figure out how, to, how I would do it. We have so many brilliant speakers and, and just evangelists here who can help educate us how to spread the word, how it's not so difficult. If you are lost, you're hurting, oh, and if you want to be a member of this family, of not this family, this family, God's family, that is a peace of mind that I cannot express easily enough. It is a peace that passes all understanding. I don't care about what this life brings me because it's a, just a temporary holdover. I'm going to go home one day. This means nothing. But I don't want to go alone. I want as many of you as I can take with me. And I want to make sure I get there so you help me do the same. If you need any prayers, thoughts, or to be brought in baptism, please do so. We have our invitation song.